Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and happy Valentine's Day. Coming to you here on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day for the next two hours. Uh, as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? I am great, Parker. Uh, I had a good, subtle, quiet Valentine's Day celebration. My wife, Gail, as you know, still recovering from surgery. So our son, Sean, cooked us a really nice meal, brought his girlfriend fernando over and of course jacob and kayla so the six of us with a nice steak prawns and sushi dinner tonight that is lovely yeah that it was good classier than what i did what did you do my friend uh we got a nice early dinner because i had a hockey game so we went <laughs> we went to went to spaghetti factory got some Man. good spaghetti fact it's so good it's so it good is- uh, some good pasta. So yeah. we're, we're feeling good. I am ready to go to bed, uh, <laughs> but we will be with you for the next hour as we are every single Monday for the last almost year at this point, 10 months in to Canucks after dark. Uh, we have got a pretty good show tonight. I think personally, uh, we've got three games to review. We'll go over those pretty quickly. We got some other news going on. Uh, some stuff happened last week. Uh, I like Kevin Granato. Uh, Tyler Toffoli got traded today, which might have some impacts on maybe some JT Miller value. Uh, there's a couple of games coming up this week that we can preview and some other wrinkles and stuff for us to touch on, including next week's episode, which is a bit of a twist. Not really. It'll be 15 minutes late. Uh, but um, Clay, where do you want to get started on this lovely Monday night? Oh, there's so much to talk about, but I had one quick question because I, I, I want to know. Do you usually eat carbs before one of your hockey games, or was it only because you were at Spaghetti Factory? It was uh, it was just because of that. Normally, okay. I try to eat light. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't want to be full of yeah. <laughs> Uh we'll, we'll start wherever you want to start. Do you want to start on the ice, i.e. the three games, or off the ice with Cam Granado? I'll leave Let's start off the ice. Let's run through these, because the, I think a couple of these are going to be pretty quick, because they were so okay. long ago. Um, Tuesday. This is a game that I bought your tickets for because you mentioned <laughs> last week uh, on one of your streams you were selling tickets. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, so I went to that game. Uh, Canucks won that one five to one, a bit of an offensive explosion. A game that was fairly even, but uh, the the Coyotes just, uh, Vimelka did not have a good game there. Um, 9,000 strong in attendance. Yeah. Uh, a good a good little brawl in the stands next to me. It was a great time. Oh, gosh. I hope it wasn't my buddies. At the... That was the one where the Canucks had a slow start, but Demko was really good in the first period, correct? Yeah, well, Demko's good yeah. in every game, yeah. uh, it seems to yeah. be. Uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, Canucks sort of hung in there for a while and not too much happened, and then they came out hot uh, in the second period, I believe, and and just sort of started piling on some goals, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, they pulled this one out. It wasn't not a super interesting game. You know, Canucks just sort of piled five goals in. Um Vamelka, like I said, didn't have a great night. Arizona doesn't have a great team defensively. Arizona averaging like almost four goals a game against this year. I think they're like 3.7, which mm. is so high because the average team is like 2.8 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so a really, a really uh, rough team defensively. They can't get anything going for them. They're going to play in front of 4,000 people next year. It's just a disaster. I do remember the two storylines coming out of that game, Parker, where the guys that are supposed to score scored. Pedersen, Miller, Besser, Horvat, and Garland. And I do remember OEL piling up three assists. Granted, one of them was the easiest one ever. He just stood behind the net and let JT Miller take it, but it was yep. still nice. <laughs> hey, it counts. It counts. Yeah. I, 
those are the ones those are the ones in beer league where the guy goes and does it and you make sure you skate straight to the ref and he said hey <laughs> i gave it to him you put that assist down i'm tracking those uh, and that's how you that's how you try to get the points lead on your team is you always just go to the ref and say hey i got an assist on that and that's the key did you talk about that on your stream that night? Because I remember I heard a stream where you were talking about beer league and telling the. I might have. Okay, I might have. Uh, I run out of stories sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should give a, a shout out to Justin who gave a, a five dollar donation, nice and oh, early. Wow. The game Parker thought was a clay spiracy because Hughes didn't play. Explain Parker. Yeah, clay spiracy. Honestly, excellent word from Justin. Uh, yeah, so it comes out literally morning of the game that Quinn Hughes isn't going to play because uh, <laughs> he he tested positive. Maybe it was the day before um that he he was stuck in the states basically with a positive test result and he couldn't play that game and so i tweeted out wow looks like clay had some inside info uh we know he's close with some people he's uh, talked to rick dollywall in the past you know he might have a little bit of the scoop there and saw quinn hughes wasn't going to make and he said hey i'm going to make a quick buck off of my co-host here uh which is i still believe happened but i got lucky canuck still went out and won yeah. that game uh it was arizona which does help um so i wasn't too upset and I would never do that to my podcast podcasting partner. Of course, I'll, I look out for you. Never scam you. Never scam. Sure. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so that I mean that game was pretty straightforward. Um, we go on to the next game, which we're going to touch on quickly. Yaroslav Halak plays terribly. <laughs> Allows five goals quickly. Uh, I think it was what three goals in thirty three seconds or thirty one seconds. How is that uh, even possible, man? It's impressive. It's <laughs> it is impressive. Uh, and then two more near the end of the first period, he gets the hook. Uh, Ekman Larson scores, and uh, and somehow the Canucks made this one kind of interesting because uh, the Canucks scored two goals in a minute and a half, uh, sort of halfway through the second period, like fourteen minutes in, uh, with a Patterson goal and a Shen goal, and made it five three. Everyone's like, wait, are are they going to, are they going to do this? Like, are they going to come back in this game where they allowed five straight or yeah, they were down basically four, nothing uh, or five, nothing, I guess. And, uh, and they're just going to march back and, and win this game. Didn't happen. Unfortunately, a uh, couple of iffy penalty calls, maybe that, that kind of ruined some momentum, but um, at least it was kind of entertaining. Yeah. This one, Parker, actually, as with the Arizona one, I was watching, um, from the hostel with Gil and this one we had a, a friend and she it was, it was kind of good actually because not Gil was distracted but Gil was talking to our friend Jen and I was watching the game and they just saw me continually bang my head against whatever was near me that was that was rough and whether or not you say that those goals were Halak's fault you still got to find a way to make a save even if it's bouncing off your own guy's skate or or coming off of this player or this way it's just not good you you can't be down five nothing in the first period you just can't yeah. let that happen yes yeah there yeah. again you can look at all those goals in a vacuum and say well you know the goalie's not going to save that every time and that's yeah. fair problem is you gotta like you said you gotta make a save you can't yeah. have five goals on 12 shots uh this came out a bit of a wrinkle to it because it's a game that we thought was a 1.25 million dollar game for Yaroslav Halak and yeah. we were incorrect um I mean Drance was incorrect but I mean that happens he was told uh, and he was shown contract details that said, hey, um, Halak, it's 10 appearances. It's actually 10 starts. So we'll talk about that maybe a bit more later. Okay. Um, there's honestly nothing else I want to talk about in this hockey game. That's fine. Let's go to Lucas's comment. And then we'll figure out, we're not used to getting donations. So we're so appreciative of your donations. Maybe going forward after this, we'll kind of 
stop halfway and then we'll do the donations all at one time. But I want to acknowledge, thank you, Lucas. Thoughts of Air, and because I didn't want to break the thought, but we should answer this quickly in honor of Lucas. Thanks, uh, you know, thoughts of Arizona moving to ASU, chatted with Eddie Lack, and he said it might be a good move since the fans are closer out there in Tempe. So 5,000 fans, Parker, what do you think? It doesn't matter if you're closer, in my opinion, because if you're closer, you can be in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, you can be in the heart of Quebec City. And if you have 5,000 people in stands, it's still 5,000 people, right? Yeah. Um, are they going to be selling those tickets for $200 a pop? Cause there's only 5,000 seats. I highly doubt it. I think yeah. they're probably going to be, you know, they're probably going to be $30 and there's probably gonna be a few that are, that are 10 bucks with a free beer or something, <laughs> uh, right at game time, like Florida used to do. Um, yeah, I think they're going to have some fun student nights. I bet it'll be an awesome atmosphere. It'll probably be very fun. It's just so Bush league <laughs> to just, have, it's a bad a, look, a 5,000 yeah. seat stadium uh in the nhl it hurts every team right it hurts the salary cap it hurts there's there's revenue sharing in the nhl it hurts literally every other owner i'm amazed that it even went through um but that's my take you know what's funny um our channels they're, they're good they're fair size but they're not massive you put together our two subscriber bases and we have double together um what five thousand is <laughs> Yeah, like, like we have more. If we invited all of our subscribers, I know there's some mutual ones. We would be able to sell out the arena. That doesn't sound right. No, that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move to the Saturday game. Hockey in Canada, 4 p.m. start. Perfect yes. for Maple Leafs fans. Uh, and Thatcher Demko is the story of this one, and that's kind of it. Uh, 53 shots from the Toronto Maple Leafs. 19 high danger chances to the Canucks five um, and Thatcher Demko makes 51 saves. The obvious first star literally carried the team on his back and, uh, and the Canucks pull this one out three to two. Thank goodness. We had the fast start to this game. Parker It was wonderful scoring a minute in and then six minutes in. And then basically hoping that Demko did his thing. I was at the game, as you know, Matthews and Marner in person, man, they are so good. They are yeah. so good. Uh, just how quick they are. Their hands, Matthews' hands are, we know that. His hands are filthy, but that goal he scored, which was really nice. And he just looked dangerous every single time he touched the puck. And did you catch the post game? Uh, Sheldon, Matthews was very complimentary to Demko. Sheldon Keefe was a little bit salty after the game. Did you hear what he said? I didn't know, but no. I would So be. Matthew said, you know, that's a great goaltender and we got to make it harder on him, blah, blah, blah. Shout out Keith says, that's a team that relies on world-class goaltending to win anyways, but da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Which is not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's what's Thatcher Demko's save percentage since Boudreaux took over? It's in the 940s, oh, right? Unreal. Like that's, that, that, that is the reason the Canucks are winning games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's fine. You're, you're allowed to have a good goalie. Um, yeah. it, it hides a lot of flaws. Uh, this is a game that could have been seven to two and it wouldn't yes. have been that surprising. Um, I mean, look, Toronto is one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. Uh, yeah. When you have guys like Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, uh, Marner, that's so much firepower. It's, yeah. it's absurd. Yeah. Um, and it felt inevitable that Toronto was going to come back and win that game. Uh, yes. but Thatcher Demko was just, was just perfect. Yeah, and like I said, spoiled, blessed, whatever word you want to use. I was at the game, first time seeing the Leafs in person. I want to know, Parker, I know you're watching. How loud was it on TV, i.e. Leafs fans on TV? 
I was fine. It wasn't too crazy. Uh, okay. I mean, Sportsnet's had some weird mixing audio issues okay. this year, uh, but it was it was fine. It was it, you know they stood out a little bit, but I think the Canucks fans sort of drowned them out. There was the the Oregon and then the Leafs suck. Definitely was the loudest <laughs> thing that came through. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice at the very least. And I, I mean, for nine thousand people, it sounded it sounded fine. Yeah, I actually think it was more than nine thousand. I don't know what it looked I, like. I I'll be the first to say. Lower bowl usually looks more full, and then upper bowl there's a lot of empty patches. But I tell you, man, that had to be seventy or seventy five percent. It looked. I, I, I'm not getting anyone in trouble. It just it just looked like a lot of people. There there are fewer fewer patches and empty seats. That's what I'll say for sure. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but it was fun, and we won. Yep, good W. Uh, and again, yeah, we can talk about how you know Thatcher Demko won the game, but hey, two points is two points. And if we're going to rely on Thatcher Demko for a bit on nights where the offense gets outplayed fully, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes th- those are going to happen. Uh, teams yeah. get goalied all the time. The Canucks have been goalied a few times this season. You know, I think back to that road trip in Florida and Tampa where they just couldn't beat Bobrovsky, mm-hmm. uh, even though they have their better team against Florida. Um, and, you know, they were the worst team tonight. The goalie bailed yeah. them out. You'll take those. Uh, and it is nice to see the Maple Leafs lose. Uh, the Canucks are 14 and two at home against the Maple Leafs in their last wow. 16 games against them, which yeah. is, it's just nice, especially because all of those games have been at like 4 PM. Uh, so yeah. we get to wrap up early and then, and then, uh, things are pretty good. What'd you think of that top line of Miller, Besser, Horvat? I liked it. I mean, yeah. they, they, they got the only, the only, I mean, well, the power play was the second goal, but you know, they get the first goal, um, I, I loved Besser's goal using his using his head literally to uh, <laughs> yeah. to make that play happen. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I'm kind of liking I'm liking this sort of uh, Patterson Podkolz and Hoaglander kind of look that they seem mm-hmm. to like. Um, you know, I, I I they really clicked, especially in that Arizona game. That that line really showed some problems, and even in the Islanders game where the Canucks got dominated, I think they looked pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm okay with I'm fine with stacking two lines. Yeah. Um, and then having guys like, cause I mean, if you stack two lines, you still have guys like Mott Pearson and, and whoever you want to put there on the third line, which I think sure. is totally okay. Yep. I agree. And then, um, I think we both did pretty well in predictions. I know I wasn't right on. I, I maybe you were, uh, cause I said two Oh and one, the Canucks went two one and oh, is that what you said? Or did you say three and oh, I can't remember. I would assume I said two and one losing yeah. to Toronto. I might've said two Oh and one, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I would have predicted them beating Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So Which I think it's still the right prediction based on how that game went. Yes. So a decent, uh, decent week for the Canucks. They, they were in two and one, they got their six, six, seven points percentage, exactly what they need to do, but uh, still tough sledding with, with 33 games to go. Yep. They didn't make their lives any easier. They just didn't make it any more <laughs> difficult. They're still right. like the same. They're still at the 8% odds or whatever they were at when they started. Um, unless there was other games tonight that had impacts on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I actually do have it in front of me. Uh, Seattle lost. That doesn't matter. The Jets lost and Edmonton won oh. against San Jose. Well, that was an oh, in-division okay. game. It was regulation. That's the plus. Good, good. Um, I think that probably does hurt the Canucks. I think San Jose's, you know, the Canucks, like San Jose needs to get basically seventh for the Canucks to make the playoffs. Um, wow. But I mean, hey, they're, the Canucks are, are seven points back right now, which isn't really close. Um, but it is not the most unreasonable thing right. in the world. Right, right. And then, yeah, it just gives you calm. It, it's so nice beating a top five team like the Leafs. Um, it's not going to happen every time. And obviously, as we've talked about for the last five minutes, Demko had a, a large part of it. But um, and an entertaining game nonetheless, especially coming off a, a bit of a, not a stinker, but a, a, a disappointing result against the Islanders for sure. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and after that game, we got a new little little fun tradition starting on the team, and that is the championship belt ah. going from Bruce Boudreaux, who goes to our friend John Pond. <laughs> uh, it, and I like that he had to preface it right off the bat when he introduced it. I saw the clip. He's like, it's not going to Demko <laughs> because it should have. <laughs> right. But right. He said he's given it sort of the warrior of the game. And yeah. Yohel Amico ends up getting the game winner uh, yep. in the second period there, the game winning goal. Uh, and he <laughs> and he gets the he gets the belt. He does. And so uh, I don't know how much we're going to see this on social media. I, I maybe we will, because it's only when the Canucks win. Either yeah. John, otherwise, John Pond's going to have it in his stall for the next couple of weeks. But yes, I don't expect to see a lot of Thatcher Demko, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson holding the belt. It's going to be the John Ponds and the Luke Shens of the world, I think, that we're going to see holding this belt quite a bit. I think. It would have been way too easy. Like, because imagine you give it to Demko, right? And then Demko comes out on Thursday night and like shuts out the Sharks. What does he do? Does yeah. he say, because it's that guy's job to give it away. He's like, uh, guys, it was me. <laughs> Look, we won this game two nothing. Yeah. Uh, I faced 40 shots again, boys. Yeah. I mean, come on, I'm keeping this. <laughs> yeah. like, Coach, give that's... me the carrying case. I'm just going to keep it in my locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just put it in a little trophy case. It's staying here. Because uh, I genuinely think you could just give it to Demko every yeah. game almost Yeah. Uh, at this point. Now, Parker, I, I think you're more mature than I am. So uh, I think I know the answer, but do you watch wrestling? I do not. Okay. So I do. I think, you know, um, so I, and, but you don't have to watch wrestling to appreciate just how goofy, but how kind of cool it is. Like the, the, the WWE actually sends out replica belts to championship teams. So this one, Bruce had to buy himself, but he put the Canucks logo on it and, and anything more importantly, anything that builds camaraderie among the team, whether it's a hat or a stick or a, a funny jacket or an artifact. I think it's kind of cool. Just something different. It 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 really boosts morale, especially I like the idea of the player who won it last time has to give it. Um, I mean, it's a tradition the Rangers have had for a long time, right? They had mm. the the hat, like the Broadway hat or whatever it was. Uh, and that's that's been their thing. And I think it helps build that camaraderie, right? Let you know someone goes out and and puts up 12 hits like Luke Shen does in a game. And after that game, you get the <laughs> win, you're excited, and then you give that belt out and you know, it's it's an extra sort of like, you know, oorah moment in the dressing room, which I think it, it really helps bring people together. Uh, and I, I like things like that. I've had it on, you know, like minor hockey teams where uh, that was a thing. And, and I would try to gun for it, right? I'd be like, I want to win that thing this game. Uh, so I'd go and I'd play harder. And if it helps wow. just that little bit of motivation, uh, I mean, it can't go wrong. Yes. Did you win it a lot, by the way? A decent amount. Well, that's good. That's nice. Yeah, the only belt I'm wearing is the the one around my waist. Okay, that was too easy, but yes, um, that's good. That's good. I hope to see more social media because it means the Canucks are winning. It means they're having fun. It means they're sharing it amongst teammates. But uh, maybe it's because you and I uh, we we gave them the nickname, and uh, maybe we should come up with another nickname for another player because I love your caption. John Pond wins the belt. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we see more of it. Cause yeah, that means yeah. the team's winning. Exactly. Uh, I think honestly, um, who's running the social media? What's her name again? Uh, Jessica Corbett. Does that sound right? Yes, that is right. No. Uh, Jessica Corbett. She's doing great. I, I honestly, the, the Canucks social media is great. Uh, and I, I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's important. It brings a lot of new people into the sport, uh, and gets mm -hmm. people to be fans of your team, which is always good. Yes. Um, yes. so let's stick with some Canucks news. Um, yes. The biggest news of the week, um, and that is Cami Granado, who is a Hockey Hall of Famer, who has 
uh, multiple medals, including a gold, I think. Yep. Uh, again, 19... I don't want to think about that because that means that Canada lost. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, uh, just a a smart hockey mind. She was the scout for she was a scout for the Seattle Kraken for a few years. And the Canucks basically stole her. They said, hey, we'll give you a nice promotion. <laughs> basically, I don't know if it's going to be sort of running the scouting department as that sort of rules in AGM. But um, again, the Canucks have followed this, the, this sort of procedure of let's just get a bunch of smart people in there to, to make our decisions for us. And this is no different. Uh, and it seems like uh, a pretty slam dunk type of move. Yeah, it was a, it was a smart move given that um, she lives here with Ray Ferraro, her, her husband, and she basically has been to a lot of Canucks games, of course, um, to scout not just the Canucks, but the Canucks opponents for Seattle. So if everyone follows that through, but she knows a lot about our team, obviously, and seeing them play so much. So if this this is really cool. I think they're not just hiring just because of uh, what gender she is, but look now, Rachel Dory, Emily Castonguay, now, Cami Granado, I think it's about it was about time, and I think it's kind of cool to think that the Canucks are leaders. They won't be leaders. They are leaders in this. No other team has has this many women in high-power positions in the front office. And more importantly, yes, as you said, she can do her job. I think Emily Castelgate, her, her expertise is like cap, you know, the salary cap, the CBA contracts where, as a former agent, whereas Granado will be, as you said, a lot of scouting, player development, amateur pro. So I think that's a good mix. You throw in Ryan Johnson with the Abbotsford connection and Derek Clancy, who uh, also scouting and player development. Uh, there's your four AGMs now. So I think that's it for AGMs. You can't have any more, can you? <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think four was their their sort of target. Okay. Um, which which is which works for me. Again, it's better than the ones and then eventually two that they had under the previous regime, who yeah. we never heard from. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at just, I mean, just her her actual playing days, uh, like so pl- participated in two Olympics, yeah. uh, one gold, one silver, uh, in the in the women's world championships, uh, a gold in two thousand five, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight silvers. Uh, I mean, they're against Canada, almost all of them, I imagine. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's kind of tough, I guess. But yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, joined in uh, into the uh, the Seattle ranks. Yeah. Um, Hockey Hall of Fame too, right? Yep, yeah, Hockey Hall of Fame. I think I mentioned yeah. that uh, kind of oh, off the bat. Uh, she was the first woman to, or one of there was three women inducted into the Hall of Fame at the first uh, uh, at the same time. They were the first three inducted into the Hall of Fame. She's in the United States Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, it, it's a slam dunk. Hey, do you see we have a nomination for the next world champion, the next championship holder from Justin? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, this is your boy, so, well, one of your boys. Oh, I see this now. Uh, Justin with the $2 saying, Alex Chason is going to be your next Canucks champion of the world. I don't know why people think I like Chason so much or dislike Chason so much. Uh, I just don't think he's that good sometimes. <laughs> so... Um, what will you do when Pearson is awarded the championship belt on like February 28th or whatever? Is that your, hold on. We got to lock that in. Someone clip that uh, February 28th. Right. They're going to be that day. Well, yeah, they are. They are. But yeah, they're going to uh, be New Jersey. Hey, Siri. Remind me on February 28th at 10 PM that Tanner Pearson wins the belt. All right. We're locking, we're locking that in. By fluke, I didn't even know the 28th A that the Canucks were playing. I didn't Did know you? B. I'm not this smart that it was a Monday night. So we can talk about it on Canucks After Dark. Sweet. Perfect. All right. That is locked in. 
uh, we will, uh, we, that would be, if that happens, that's, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, that'll be a great clip for marketing purposes. Ready, um, ready, ready. Now this is yelling at me. Um, yeah. So like I said, Camagrano seems to be a, a slam dunk. We might get some leaks from Ray Ferraro, <laughs> getting some, <laughs> getting some good scoops. Uh, I don't think the Canucks will really let that happen. I think that'd be too obvious if Ray Ferraro comes out and is like, Hey, the Canucks are tri making this trade. It's like, wow. Who'd you hear that from? <laughs> yeah. Anything so, to get a hand up on Drager and the sports deck guys, right? That'd be yeah, so funny. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that would be funny though. Uh, I oh, saw there was a post in the Canucks subreddit, I think. And it was like new Canucks, mysterious source. It was just Ray Ferraro with like a black bar over his eyes to like hide his identity. That uh, was very good. I like for all. He, I think he's really good. He's great. I think he's a good analyst. He's excellent. I, I love that. I loved when he was on, he was on Halford and Bruff on 1040 all the time. It was great. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. yeah. Good. So good hire. Are you happy with it? Oh yeah. 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 Can't yeah. Complain. I mean, they're just taking all of the top uh, female minds off the market basically. Uh, yeah. So when all these other teams finally realize, Hey, there's another half of the population uh, of people that know things too about hockey. Uh, all the best ones are gone already except maybe jen botterell who who yeah. i think who apparently declined one of those roles uh oh. if, if those reports are correct i think we talked about this last week and you had the same reaction uh <laughs> so uh, i, I think only have it, a few reactions but that's one of them <laughs> that's fair. um in other canucks news uh brandon sutter likely will not play this yeah. entire season no surprise here, Parker, given that he's not even skating. So people were asking us, you know, once in a while, when when, when do we see him in the lineup? Well, we won't this year, it, which is unfortunate. He's suffering from long effects of long haul COVID, whether that's heart, whether that's respiratory, we don't know. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's sad. Forget about the contract. Forget about him as a player. Forget about, you know, would Lamico replacing him, supplanting him as a, as a, as a human being, as a person, you, you feel for anyone who, and you got to think, you wonder if he's going to be able to come back at all. I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah. Um, and he's not he's not like a star, right? He's he's a player yeah. who's basically a 4C. Um, if he fully recovers, I could definitely see him being a really solid piece for like if a contender wants a guy on a on a basically vet min contract, right? Like 800k, 900 k something around there. Um, he'd be a great piece to bring in. Um, I when we're talking about a team, excuse me, a team like Vancouver. Um, that's, I imagine that that's it. I, I don't see them bringing him back next year. Um, at, at least he gets the money from this year. That's good. He'll make a million bucks. Um, yeah. well, I think that's just insurance at that point, uh, yeah. that would pay that out. So that's good at the very least. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Uh, and for a guy who got so much vitriol from this market and myself included, because he was heavily overpaid, not his yeah. fault. Good on you. Get the bag. But Jim Benning gave him way too much money uh, and, and paid too much in the trade for him. Um, hey, uh, he was when when that contract was signed, both of us had the same reaction. That's a great deal, right? Yeah. One year, just over a million dollars, a contract that you can almost 100 percent bury in the minors. If, if Brandon Sutter doesn't live up to that, that uh, uh, to his, you know, his sort of former self, um, a contract that basically all of the risk was just on real money, right? On Aquilini. Mm. Um and uh, unfortunately, it just doesn't work out. Yeah. Yes. And the practical side. So, yes, I think we've done a good job of acknowledging the, the human and the emotional side. The practical side is we kind of don't need him in the lineup. We are so impressed with John Pond. We are so impressed with how he's really the driver of that line with Mott and Highmore. 
and he's doing everything good, uh, winning face-offs, killing penalties, skating hard, back-checking, scoring, timely goals, game-winning goals. So really, there is there really a spot for Brandon Sutter on this team when you have Miller, Pedersen, Horvat, and Dickinson, those four rotating among the top three center spots? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. And I mean, it really, it really, you know, sort of on the same on the same vein, um, UL Amico might have a real spot on this team, yeah. <laughs> you know, into the uh, as someone who was basically, you know, um, a trade for a defenseman who seems like he'll never pan out in only Levy yeah. and basically, hey, let's get something for him. Um, you, It's a 26 year old fourth line center who probably has another four ish years being you know a, a a solid fourth liner in the nhl and i think uh, i think the canucks are really happy to have him yes we're seeing a lot of some great suggestions in our chat of what to do with Sutter, saying that he's better than some of our current players but i think we should acknowledge lucas another donation thank you lucas just basically saying if both of our you know subscriber base put together is is greater than arizona's five thousand seat stadium then we should petition to have an nhl expansion team out of our YouTube channel. Do you, do you have the uh, the seven fifty mil to put up? Uh, I have like seven dollars fifty cents. Yeah, I can throw in. I can throw in a few hundred. Okay, uh, I can get a loan from the bank, maybe sell my okay. car. You know, we have and then we're seven dot fifty. Okay, you know, and then and then we still only have about seven hundred and fifty million dollars left. That looks good. But with your brains and my uh, my uh, media prowess, I think we would uh, do better than their current Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I just want to have a house one day. Let them not an NHL team. All right, so uh, let's let's think a little yeah. smaller, maybe. Baby steps. You got it. You got it. Uh, on that track. <laughs> um, do we want to go into a little bit of a wrinkle that we've run into here? Sure. Um, last week we discussed sort of the technicalities of Halak's contract, mm. uh, and those technicalities were apparently incorrect. Now, uh, Thomas Drance was basically the one that reported um, when Halak was signed that the condition for the contract's bonus, the $1.25 million bonus, was 10 appearances. And that's because he was shown language um, from a source that, that said that. Uh, Elliot Friedman comes out a few days ago saying, no, it's not 10 appearances. It's actually 10 starts. And because of that, Halak had one uh, appearance in relief for Thatcher Demko. So he is only at nine starts, which obviously the Canucks knew about. Uh, they just didn't sort of play their hand on that. Um, right. So right. in theory, Thatcher Demko starts every game and on back-to-backs, you pull him a minute in and put Halak in. Easy, easy peasy. Halak is probably very happy that he doesn't get his $1.25 million uh, and everybody wins. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. And that will look so good to other free agents that want to come to Vancouver in the future. <laughs> yes, they know that this is a team that cares about the cap and that they will do anything to win. Oh, it's so funny, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because there's so many people dunking or trying to divide Six, you know, 1.25 million by 16 minutes. And there's, you saw so many funny tweets on Wednesday night, all the, for it to be for not, right. As, as you yeah. said, we got to wait for one more game, which, you know, there are a couple, you know, we're joking about the 27, 28. I think that's their next um, back-to-back, back-to-back right? Rangers yep. on the 27th, New Jersey on the 28th. So yep. Halak's small travel, but Halak's bound to get one of those two games. Wouldn't you think? I would imagine unless yep. they, unless they really care about this money, um, and then you maybe go the Spencer Martin route. Mm. Um, the thing is, if if that $1.25 million is something they really care about, 
yeah. with the Canucks farm team being in Abbotsford, mm-hmm. that's really not that crazy, right? If yeah. because you know, we talk about the Canucks roster, right? Typically, a team has two goalies on their roster, and they have three extra skaters, right? Uh, some teams will do one extra forward and two extra D, some will do two extra forward, one extra D. Well, if you really want to do that. Well, the night, the day of the game that you want the backup to, or you want Spencer Martin to come up and play, then you, you just wave a defenseman who isn't waiver eligible. So you, you send someone, you paper someone down basically, uh, to the minors, uh, that can be someone from the taxi squad. You move them to taxi squad. You can do some weird stuff and then you can just call Spencer Martin up for that one game. And then you still have one extra forward, one extra demon in the press box anyways. And it really doesn't have that much of an impact uh, on the team. Now, visually is that <laughs> something that other free agents see yeah. and does that have a negative impact on the team? Cause there's arguments in both ways, right? Some people say, well, Jim Rutherford isn't the one or, and, and Patrick Alvin aren't the ones that signed that contract for Halak right. and, and they're just looking ahead to the future, but other people might see that and be like, well, well now I, I don't want to go there because if I'm 35 plus and I have bonuses and are they going to do whatever they can to not get me those bonuses? Um, right. You see it in football all the time where it's sort of the opposite, right? You'll have a player maybe having like a breakout year as a rookie or, or even at any, anyone they'll have like a, a performance bonus at this many catches. And you'll see the quarterback go out and be like, Hey, I'm hitting you three, three in a row. We're getting you that <laughs> bonus. And then, and then we'll try to win the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, because it's, it's, you know, it, it's a real big chunk of money, a million dollars, right? Like we, we talk about this million dollars on the cap and how, you know, that million dollars could fetch us another, you know, fourth, maybe a third line player if we're lucky. But for these players, it's a million dollars. That's a yeah. lot of money. It's a million US dollars. That's like six million dollars for us. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy money. <laughs> uh, and yeah, sure. Halak's made. How much money has Halak made? Halak career earnings. He has made $44 million in his career. I'd like another million, if even if I made 44. And, and Parker, we, we got to really talk about the respect to Halak that's due, though, because listen to his, his game starting, uh, you know, his number of games he started. Listen to what it will sound like in the last eight seasons, 59, 36, 26, 49, 37, then 29 in a shortened season, 17 in a shortened season and then you're going to keep him at nine to save a million bucks yeah and and yeah he's sure you can look at me like oh his save percentage is 903 it's the almost the worst of his career let's look because of one game he was at 917 918 before that right it's a bad drop um but then you can also think of it and you can say well ignore that the bonus thing do you think spencer martin is better right and then you so you can say hey it's not even about the bonus it's not about the million dollars yeah. It's about giving us the best chance to win night in, night out. And we think yeah. that Spencer Martin gives us that opportunity better than Yaroslav Halak, which I don't I don't have much of a problem with that argument, to be honest. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of talk out there. And I, I kind of made the point in one of my streams, though. I'm sure Halak has had maybe his not his first three games ever or, or close to it, but I'm sure Halak's had a, a really good streak of three games as well. So... Yes, we should be happy that Spencer Martin is good. We should be happy that he's going to push for the backup spot behind Demko next season. But honestly, I, I look at Bruce Brujo Parker, and I, he seems like a guy who who respects veterans, respects the game. And, and I'm, I'm not suggesting you are saying that, to disrespect Halak, but I, I just think 
intentionally not playing them to save 1.25. Yes, that is 1.25, but I, I, I just have a feeling that the, the respect and the ramifications down the road may be more than that. I don't know how you quantify it. It just doesn't feel right to me, but that's just me. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, if I'm a Canuck, if I'm part of the Canucks management though, I want to see, I want to see Spencer Martin a little more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're talking about a guy who's 26 years old, who has played six NHL games and has looked really good in the three that he's played this year. Remember he hadn't played an NHL game in like four years, <laughs> right? In the, in yeah. the AHL, he's played 11 games. He's got a nine 11 save percentage, 2.53. That's, that's good AHL numbers. That's fine. Um, and in his little stint in the NHL, he's been absolutely outstanding. So we're talking about a 26 year old goalie. Who's a UFA next year, Mm. uh, who the Canucks might want to bring back as, you know, potentially a backup, right. Instead of going out on the free agent market or trying a guy like Mikey DiPietro, who, you know, is a little iffy, uh, from what we've seen, do you want to go out and spend, you know, $2 million for a backup goalie next year who, you right. know, someone similar to Halak, right? Like someone in their thirties who um, would be a good piece for a year. And then you just sort of uh, rinse and repeat. Uh, or do you maybe have a guy in Spencer Martin who you're comfortable playing 25 games a year um, mm-hmm. as your backup and probably isn't making much money, right? He's probably making 900 K next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could be, that could be a real found piece of uh, a found, just a, a nice little found piece of treasure there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, actually, I didn't even know Spencer Barton's a free agent at the end of this season. Yeah. So uh, oh. the Canucks got him from the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, yeah. in a trade for in exchange for future considerations. Okay. Um, and so he was on a, and then they just signed him to a one year uh, or the, okay. Tampa Bay signed him. He was in his last year of RFA status. They signed him to one year, 800 K his, uh, his minor salary is only 105 grand a year. Right. Hmm. So we're talking about a guy who's making basically no money in the H. I mean, I say no money. He's making 105 US. That's a lot of money. But in terms of professional hockey player, uh, not a lot. Right. The Canucks can come out and they can say, hey, we'll pay you 800 again, but we're going to maybe your minor salary is going to be 500. Right. And and that's a big raise for a guy uh, when it really has zero impact on your cap hit. It just impacts maybe your bottom line. Um, That could Mm be a, a really smart move. But it's a move you probably you probably don't want to go into next season with with Spencer Martin as your backup if he's only played six NHL games. You probably want to see a little more. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. And I, the other way I was thinking is if he plays well in Abbotsford, you can bring him on to battle for backup. But you also you still have DiPietro, and maybe you bring in one other veteran too to to battle for that spot. Uh, thank you, Crazy Tomato, for the two dollar donation, by the way, and good night to you as well. Okay. So here's a here's a thought then, Parker. How would you handicap the chances of Halak actually not playing? Because I, I put it at zero percent. I'm pretty. Con- I'm I pretty would convinced. say five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of this is hypothetical. I, I genuinely right. think Halak is is going to play one of those games on February 27th or 28th, probably the one in New Jersey yeah. on the 28th. And this entire thing doesn't matter. Uh, it came out today. I, I think it was today that he basically said like he's, he doesn't want to be traded. Oh. Um, he's got the no move. Rick Dollywall's like, I've been saying this from the start, <laughs> which was kind of funny. Um, so I think this is probably a non-issue, but I do want to see Spencer Martin play some more games. Okay. That's fair. So maybe we can have both. Maybe we can, especially if the Canucks are not fighting for a playoff spot with the last 10, five games of the year, maybe you bring Martin up for a couple and Halax has already hit his 10. Then, then everyone's happy. That sounds fair to me. <laughs> There, some of the world's problems. Pay next year, but yeah, hey, that's true, whatever. True. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go. 
around the NHL. One big piece of news today uh -oh. Uh -oh. that came out. Oh no! And I that is where you're the going. Flames just oh. working so hard to become the 2020 Vancouver Canucks. They already had Jacob Markstrom. Yes. They already had Chris Tanev. Amen. Our guys, as they said, and then they go out and they say, "Hey, let's go get the guy who the Canucks acquired for a lot uh, as a rental, and let's get him for some long term because he's got some years left on that contract." And they go out and they trade for. Tyler to Foley. Mm. What were your instant thoughts, instant reactions to Tyler to Foley coming back to the Pacific division where he has been almost his entire career? So I, I have three reactions. My first reaction, honestly, was to compare him to Connor Garland. And I, you may have seen my tweet where I, um, I like Garland. I like the fact that he's four years younger. They're basically at um, equal points per game over their career and garland has 4.9 left on four more years and Toffoli is 4.2 on two years but to me they're both right wingers you might not call them top line right wingers so I, I that made that comparison right away so that was my first thought is would i want to fully over garland and my answer was no pretty quickly but I, I at least i had that fleeting thought my second thought was yes calgary is stacking up their team with with past Canucks, ha ha ha, whatever, whatever. And then my third thought was, and I think the most important practical part that we should talk about, and I know we will, was given what Calgary gave up to get him, how do we equate that to a JT Miller trade? I know we'll get there in a couple of minutes, but those are my three thoughts, really, right off the bat. Yeah. So on the first part, would you yeah. rather have Garland or Toffoli? I think if you're making a team, which is what the Canucks are doing, you you take <laughs> Connor Garland just because of age, right? He's four years yeah. younger. Yes. Uh, and for the for where the Canucks are trying to be, yeah, Connor Garland is, is going to be more effective in that time period. If you're trying to win now, Tyler Toffoli is a pretty good pick, right? He was mm. one of the best scorers in the NHL last year, had a big breakout basically at the age of 28, scoring 28 goals in 52 games. Um, and then this year, he's he's fallen off a little bit, you know, nine mm -hmm. goals, 17 assists, and 26, uh, 26 points, 37 games. Still respectable numbers, right? We're talking about a guy on like a six or 55, 60 point pace. That's great. Um, but you look at what the, the flames paid and they said, Hey, we want to get this done now yeah. because we didn't want any other teams to, to go out and get them, which I think is fair. So they go out and they drop a, uh, a first round pick. Okay. A 2024 fifth round pick, uh, Emil Heineman, who I knew nothing about until I Googled him this second, who is a <laughs> 20 year old second round pick who's playing in the SHL. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, maybe a bottom end player one day uh, and Tyler Pitlick. So the main piece is really the first round pick, right? Basically yeah. a first and some extra stuff thrown in for Tyler to Foley. Mm -hmm. That first is protected too. I think, right? Top 10 protected, Top 10 but... protected for this year. Um, if the pick is in the top 10, then Montreal will receive a 2023 first okay. and a fourth, but there's no way Calgary's pick is gonna be in the top 10. No, unless yeah, they yeah. really fall off here. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, which I think they're I think they're one of the teams that we're pretty comfortable saying are going to be in the playoffs right. uh this season. So you're gonna have to help me with on this prospect because I don't know anything about them, but there's four assets there, right? Two draft picks, the prospect, and a, a fringe, or a, a, I, I shouldn't say that about Tyler Pitt. Like, I don't know much about him, but it, the point is it's four assets. And fringe is fair. He's played 25 okay. games a series to assist, right? Okay. He's, he's basically a four C slash five C who, who can come into the lineup if you need him. Yeah. Um, just a depth guy. Okay. Um, so the base, the base, and I think that's probably for salary purposes, part of that trade. Um, so the, so the, the, the main part of it is 
a first and a little, a couple of sweeteners yeah. uh, for Tyler Toffoli. Now, right. The big thing, obviously, what we care about one, Tyler Toffoli back in the division is interesting, right? Canucks yeah. play the Flames three more times this year. They've only played them once. Um, but the big thing is, you know, the Canucks got some assets that are rumored to be on the trade block uh, over the next month. Oh, really? One, one of those being JT Miller, who we've we've discussed at length. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, we've joked about Lafreniere. Um, and, and it seems to be, you know, what the Canucks are looking for for JT Miller is a first and a prospect and maybe a roster player even, right? Yes. Yes. Which is kind of what this trade was, except the prospect and roster player were pretty low end, right? Yep. I think what the Canucks were looking for was a first and then maybe a higher end prospect and a, you know, maybe like a third line roster player uh, who's sure. young or something sure. along those lines. Well, let's do a comparison on JT Miller to Tyler Toffoli. Age wise, a wash. Contract wise, JT Miller makes 300K more, but only two seasons. Mm-hmm. JT Miller is a center. JT Miller is a first line center, a point mm-hmm. per game first line center over his last three seasons. Yeah. Um, basically the lifeblood of the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Foy scored a lot of goals last year, but it was a one-off, right? He's never done that before. He's never scored in like a 45, 50 goal pace before. Um, and he seems to have fallen down from that again. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Tyler Toffoli, a really good second line right winger, maybe a first line right winger, or would you rather have JT Miller, who is a bona fide 1C? And I know this is a leading question because I'm really adding a lot to it. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have Toffoli or Miller if you are a team that is trying to win the Stanley Cup this year? If I had to pick between those two options only, I would choose JT Miller. Absolutely. Because yeah. he is he is, he brings so much more to the table. And Toffoli is a great player. Toffoli is a fun player. He was he was excellent to watch in his 10 games or whatever it was for the Canucks. Um, but JT Miller is, you know, I saw someone tweet today, uh, and, and they said, like, wow, over the point over the course of their career, Miller and Toffoli basically have the same points per game. Yeah, because Miller was useless in his first three seasons, right? Like, but you look at the last three seasons. The three seasons that JT Miller's played for the Vancouver Canucks, 72 points in 69 games over a point per game, 46 yeah. points in 53 games last year on a team that didn't play well, oh. right? So just under a point per game there. And then this year, he's over a point per game, 48 points, 17 of which are goals in 47 games. Again, on a team that loses more than they win. Yes. He is cap controlled through next year, 5.25 yes. million, very cheap for a first line center. Um, And on a contending team, he's probably going to be a second line center or a first line winger uh, who is going to play on power play one. And you get two kicks the can. JT Miller's value should be sky high right now. And one of those reasons is the reason that the Flames use and why they paid for Tyler Toffoli. And that was because they didn't want any other team to have him. Yeah. Right. You're going into the playoffs and you've got divisional rivals. And you're saying, hey, we're going to put up, you know, maybe a first round pick and a prospect for JT Miller. Well, then maybe one of your rivals, another team that wants to win the Stanley Cup this year, you know, let's mm-hmm. say you're Tampa Bay and you're Florida sort of going back and forth, right? And I know the cap wouldn't work for Tampa Bay. Um, but, you know, let's say teams like that. Well, I'm, I might pay a little, I might throw a second round pick in there just to make sure they don't have them, right? Because that's going to really mess with our chances to win the cup. We're going to have to go get someone else, but they're still going to have Miller. 
And, you know, if a team is really willing to leverage the farm and not for one year, but for two, JT Miller is, is so, so valuable. And I think his value should be sky high. Yes, it should be sky high. It is sky high. And I guess you and I talked just before you press, we came on the air here. We talked about some stuff still continuing to leak out of the Rangers area and some potential packages for him from the Rangers, which don't seem strong enough. Do they Parker? No. So <laughs> go Larry ahead. Lay it on, lay it on us. <laughs> Larry Brooks is a New York Rangers reporter. Uh, I think he's for the, from the New York post, which is one of those publications. It's a little dramatic. And, uh, and he seems to be wrong about a lot of things is what I'll say. <laughs> um, so he puts out a, he puts out a, a thread of tweets today. He says, number one, JT Miller's trade value increases only if an acquiring team wants to meet Vancouver's price. I think they should because he's a very good player. There is no law that says the Rangers are now going to throw Schneider or Othman or Cooley into the deal because Calgary may have overpaid for Toffoli. Now, time out here. Yep. Um, if Larry Brooks thinks that Cooley is going to be a breaking point for this trade. Now, you might wonder who that is. Uh, I am Googling it right now because I don't know who that is. Yeah. Will I that was a Cooley, type of an event stat or something. Cooley. A 60th overall pick in oh. the 2020 draft, right? Okay, we're not great. talking about, you know, we're not talking about a star here. We're talking about some, we're talking about like a, a mid-tier prospect, right? Like a Tyler Madden at best, right? Yeah. And that is before he sort of broke out a little bit, right? Uh, his second tweet. If the Canucks get greedy and do not move him, Miller's trade value will diminish over the offseason when acquiring team would get him for one player front rather than two. Now, here's the problem is that his trade proposal is not taking in the second year into account because his trade proposal says if he says me, if I think Drury is prior to his Miller, then Lundquist, Niels Lundquist and Philip Hedl compromise or comprise a pretty good return. So Larry Brooks is basically saying, Look, Miller isn't that valuable just because Calgary overpaid and, you know, oh, they got to trade him now. Otherwise, they're only getting one year instead of two. Uh, and then he comes in and says, hey, for those two years of a number one center, they should trade a 3C who is 22 years old and a decent defenseman prospect. Right. It's right. ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's so incorrect. And I am so I really hope this trade happens for way more than that just because I want the receipts and I'm pulling <laughs> it up and I am because I'm taking a victory lap when it is a first and better players oh. than those two. Oh, take, take more than a lap, man. Run at least two laps. So here's the thing. We we've always talked about how fan bases tend to overrate, overprice, overvalue their own players, but this isn't Vancouver. This isn't us sending this JT. We've heard this from other sources from throughout the league that it's going to be three or four assets. And as you said, Parker, one of them is going to be a first rounder. So Lundqvist, I, I only know a little bit. It's not the goalie. It's the guy who's a, a decent puck moving, quick defenseman, a good puck mover. But we kind of have a guy like that in Quinn Hughes. And we also have a guy in Jack Rathbone who we're trying to find minutes for. I, I've seen it in the chat. Tiger mentioned it. Braden Schneider is the one we want. The big, tough throwback, right? Oh, not throwback, but a big, good skating, but massive right shot defenseman. That's, where I think the conversation needs to start, not not with these other two guys that you mentioned. Right. And the the Canucks don't have to trade them, right? Yeah. They can say, hey, if you want them, this is the price. And if you don't, talk to us in the offseason. 
and maybe yeah. the price will go down. Maybe it won't, yeah. right? Yeah. In the offseason, guess what? Teams can go 10% over the cap during the mm. offseason. They have more flexibility. Instead of just 16 teams, maybe, or even 10 teams thinking of them for that one playoff run, there's a lot more teams in the offseason that think they might have a chance at a run and might make a move like that. Think of the Canucks when they acquired JT Miller a couple yeah. of years ago because they thought, hey, maybe we're in a spot that we can go for a bit of a run here, yep. right? You find teams like that, and suddenly your pool is not 10, where it's maybe the top three from each division. Maybe your pool is now uh, 15 uh, teams that might be interested in JT Miller, and that price goes maybe up, maybe down. Maybe it stays the same, but are you taking that risk if you're a team like the Rangers who thinks that they might have a shot at winning the whole thing this year or next year. And if they don't, then they wouldn't be thinking about this offer in the first place. Yeah. You make a great point, Parker, about we don't know, I guess intuitive logic would, would suggest that maybe the price goes down a little bit because now you've lost that one of the two years, blah, blah, blah. But we know that prices are going to ramp up at trade deadline time. Then they're going to simmer down again. Then they're going to ramp up around the draft time when you're, when you're trading, just like when we got them at the 2019 draft. So who knows, who knows what his trade value is going to be, but you, you make a really good point is because we have him for one more year after this, technically the Canucks don't have to do anything. And I, I know this, I know when I first heard talk about trading JT Miller, I was like, no, 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 he's our best player. We can't do that. Then I started to hear all these, you know, all these offers of four assets. So I said, Oh yeah, we should do that right now. And then now, now I'm kind of 50, 50 because I get why you should trade him now, but I also get that uh, he's kind of the heart and soul of this team right now. Yep. I fully agree. Uh, I'm in the exact same boat. Um, <laughs> I don't want him to get traded, but I know he probably should. Uh, just yeah. because again, uh, if this team's competitive two years out, are you, are you going to be less competitive if he's making $8 million um, or whatever that number is? And as he is on the wrong side of 30, um, yeah. as they, as they say. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, you don't know what that next contract is going to be and how good he's going to be. That, that's a really good point. Before I lose it, though, uh, we can keep talking about this, but um, Lucas, another donation. Thank you, Lucas, um, reminding us or um, confirming that, indeed, we're going to see the flying skates sometime next week. And I, we can talk about that when we do our wrap-up, but thank you, mm -hmm. Lucas, for the donation, and thank you for the scoop. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was one of our uh, one of our things, the return of the skate that we were going to yeah. bring up. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, February 24th seems to be the rumored date. Um, against Tyler Toffoli in the Flames. Yeah, it is Tyler Toffoli in the Flames. There, I think the idea is sort of a retro night. Uh, uh, I, I wonder if the Flames maybe wear those white jerseys uh, that are really nice. Um, I really like those ones. Um, I think the Canucks should start. I think they should go more wild. I think they just start bringing the flying V back. I think. <laughs> I think you just. I think you just run through them all. The NBA yeah. does this so well, right? You see teams wear like eight different uniforms for one night throughout the year. Meanwhile, in the NHL, you can wear. Oh, you can wear them during warm up, but not during the game because that's mm -hmm. that's we. You can only have three jerseys max, maybe yeah. four if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd like to see. I'd like to see just more fun from the NHL. Yeah. I mean, we look at another thing that happened this week. There was a huge trade in the NBA where one of literally the best basketball players in the world, James Harden gets traded. That just doesn't happen in hockey. This yeah. happens every single year around the trade deadline in the NBA where yeah. like, it's like, Oh, literally, Oh, one of the top three players in the world gets traded. Could you imagine if Sidney Crosby gets traded and then like the next day, um, you know, Nathan McKinnon gets traded or something crazy like that. Like that would be so, it'd be so exciting and so interesting. Uh, but the NHL, people are scared to make mistakes, so it just doesn't yeah. happen. And, and really quickly on the James Harden trade, it was so funny because LeBron and Kevin Durant had to do their draft of their all-star teams. And James Harden was one of the two last guys, and he just got traded from uh, Durant's team. So, of course, uh, 
Durant did not take him. So Harden was the last guy I picked. It was pretty funny, actually. That's great. <laughs> um, we have five minutes left. Wow. What the, the only things that I had left on our list were the games coming up this week. Um, quickly touch on them. Thursday, Canucks at Sharks, 7.30 p.m. Did you hear Shorty uh, last Friday on Halfram Bruff what he was saying about this game? No, tell me. So this game is in San Jose, but they're not doing the broadcasting from the U.S., right? They're staying in Canada. But I think there's something going on at Rogers Arena that night. So they are getting, so him and John Garrett are getting flown to Toronto to call this game. Now, keep in mind, this game is at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. So they will be calling from the Sky Dome or Rogers Center at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time this game on a monitor that so i get that it, they're in a studio not a cap they're, they're not like it's uh, the midfield but in the cavernous arena all by themselves at a stadium at 10 30 at night getting out of there at one between one and two a.m that's that's asinine that's that's crazy. yeah why aren't they just at sportsnet studios like on yeah. ash street like <laughs> do it at your house you got a nice setup there i got a microphone i don't have two <laughs> but you can you can run over to long and mcquade they sell these oh man that's crazy uh, and then the Canucks come home Saturday ducks at Canucks. Yeah. And then, so this is, you know, these are two divisional games, two games that matter. Uh, and then Monday night, uh, Kraken at Vancouver. Uh, I think this time is right that I put in here. I think you're at this game, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So I just got to tell my buddy that I'm going with that. I cannot drive him home because I'm going to my office to do Canucks after dark, which is, it'll be fine. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So the plan Saturday, um, I'll, we'll go from my post game that I do over to Canucks after dark. Last time we did it, we had a great turnout because I, I, I just sort of transferred everyone over awesome. uh, and we had some, we had a lot of people there. So uh, after that game, uh, it's family day too. So it's a nice little holiday. Uh, ah. So you can, you can watch the Canucks game. You can join my post game and then we'll all come here and talk about the week that was for the Vancouver Canucks. Perfect. That sounds like a perfect day. Perfect. All right. Uh, we got three minutes. I, I don't think we have any, like, I don't think we should ask for any viewer questions. I think we should just sort of scroll through the ones that have happened. Um, did you, did you get, did you see any that you might've picked up on the, along well, the way? Well, we don't have to highlight it, but I, when we were talking about setter, setter versus Dickinson, healthy setter, who would you take? Um, well, there you go. Uh, if you'd asked me before this season, I would have said Dickinson. Yeah. If you asked me now, I would say you Holamico. <laughs> I, I, I think I might, I would lean towards Sutter. I think right now. Yeah. Dickinson has been disappointing for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, any other ones on this list here? Oh, someone said would um, Kravstov, Kratsov, Schneider, and a second. From the Rangers, do it for you for Miller. I don't know a lot. I know Kravtsov has a lot of um, some some flaws that some people like. Just in the fact that apparently he doesn't love North America that much, mm. um, which is a little scary. Again, I think it's mm. easy to go down the Russia scary uh, path, and I think that has been something that the NHL has done a lot. Um, mm. But if it's true, then I mean, there, there's no real arguing it. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about Schneider either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and a second, I mean, a first round pick versus a second round pick. I mean, they're both lottery tickets. The first is more likely to hit. Um, but if this if this scouting department is confident 
in themselves that they can turn a second round pick into something good. Yep. Um, then I say, Hey, get as many tickets as you can. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that's uh, out there uh, uh, was started talking about on, on the weekend was Zaka out of uh, New Jersey who New Jersey, right? Yeah. Who's yeah. a decent uh, plate center being playing on the wing. Cause they got, he's sure. And Jack Hughes when he's healthy, um, can you convert back to a center? Do we want them that? So that's interesting too. That one mm-hmm. that's out there. That's a lot of, a lot of things out there around this time of year. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be wild. It'll be fun when it happens. Uh, and you'll have Canucks after dark there. And both of us will probably make videos that day. Of course, when that <laughs> happens, um, Lucas is a, what if your ideal mm. winter classic matchup and stadium? Oh, wow. I, I, this seems too easy for me. It's, it's Vancouver, Seattle it's at Lumen right? Like in Seattle, yeah. uh, I'd say BC place, but I'd much rather go to a game at, at CenturyLink slash Lumen field, uh, yeah. for that matchup. I think that's a slam dunk. Okay. You did the Vancouver one, which is fair. I'll, I'll go real, uh, historic and I'll go Rangers, whatever Rangers, Boston at Yankee Fenway. stadium. Yeah. Fen- or Fenway. Yeah. Any of those two. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, my ideal one has the Canucks in it. Uh, cause I want to go, um, Another option would would be I don't know I, you could go Commonwealth. That's always interesting. Yeah. Well, does that exist anymore? <laughs> that was what two thousand three they did that. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. You know I went to the Heritage Classic, eh? The Canucks against Ottawa. Yeah, that was that was fun when Luongo didn't play. Yeah, got traded three days later. Yeah, that was a, that was a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to end. Uh, say something good. End, end this on a positive note. Uh, Vancouver and Seattle at Empire. <laughs> Let's do it here yeah. with, it. with a few thousand people in the stands. Let's do it. Let's do the Winter Classic at the ASU Arena. Uh, Canucks <laughs> and Coyotes. It's indoors, but we'll call it the Winter Classic. It'll be 16 degrees outside in January, uh, and then we can go golfing after. And that's the that's the perfect uh, that's the Let's perfect Winter it. Classic. And to wind up, because I I know you're a football fan. What do you think of the Super Bowl? It was a good game. It yeah. was a good game. It didn't go the way I wanted. I wasn't, I didn't care too much. Yeah. Um, once it came out that Aaron Donald might retire if the Rams won, I kind of flip sides. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, retire Aaron Donald. Yes. Yeah. Uh, protect Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah. But no, I, uh, it was a good game. It was fun. Yeah. Halftime show was great. Yeah, it was. And th- yeah, those are from, from my, and, and calls notwithstanding, you just kind of knew that the Rams were going to go down and score in that second to last drive for sure. Yeah. I didn't have too much trouble the officiating. Look, they, the, the one hold was a little iffy. The other one made sense. Uh, yep. They didn't call a lot all game, but they did miss that very obvious face mask on, on, uh, on, on Higgins. On when yeah. Got that touchdown in the first, um, you know, I, I, it's not like it was rigged or anything. I think that's silly. Um, officiating is never good in any sport. So, yeah. so I know a lot of people didn't want the Rams to win because they're Seahawks fans. I get all that, but mm. uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Yeah. It was a good game. That's all yeah. I care about. I, uh, I watched it. I, I made potato skins. It was great. Oh, awesome. um, all right. That is uh that is it then. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll be back next Monday after the Canucks and Kraken game. Uh, once again, a happy Valentine's day. Uh, Clay, any parting words for the night? Um, no, let's a bit of a break here, obviously until our next game against San Jose on Thursday. So, uh, no, I'm just excited. Uh, the Canucks should f- be feeling good and I'm predicting, um, three, no, those are three. No, there are three easy teams. They're three I'm winnable three, teams. Yeah. I'm going optimistic. I'm going three. No, I'm going to go back to two Oh and one. It's, it's, a, it's an easy, it's an easy one. I say, uh, they lose to the ducks in a shootout. And right. Trevor Zegras does something stupid in the shootout. Oh, 
No, that's going to be my it. guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. We will see you all. Next. Oh, but I always say, yeah, if you missed any part of it, rewind to the beginning or go find the <laughs> podcast. I know like most of you show up late. Uh, we, our viewership <laughs> peaked at 1052. All right. That was, that was eight. That was 10 minutes ago. So most of you missed the start of the show. It'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in like 30 minutes or tomorrow morning when you're driving to work, whatever you're doing, just search Canucks after dark. It's easy. Or just rewind back to the beginning. Maybe save it, favorite it, do something. I don't know. It's fun. Uh, I will see. We will see you guys uh, next week.